On this episode of the podcast, I tell the guys about the shady businessman that took Ottawa out of the frying pan and into the fire. <gasps> Isn't it cold up there? In Ottawa? Yeah. I should say so. It's no Winnipeg. No. Still flammable, though. Still incredibly flammable. <laughs> flammable. There's the word. <laughs> nice. You just said it, too. How embarrassing. But not as embarrassing as uh, everything that happens for this man. And uh, spoilers, he's still the owner. I'm excited to hear about yeah. Oh, good. No, it's great. So recline that sofa and loosen that tie, because this is Mismanaged. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals, while also crit- Oh, God. I've said it a million times, I know. Back off. If you keep fucking Don't. this up, we're going to take it away from you. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be less than you think now. <laughs> it this episode. <laughs> Whew. Welcome to Mismanaged, a weekly podcast where we kick back and criticize the failings of paid sports professionals while also offering them foolproof solutions to all their management woes. I'm Austin Egan. I'm Josh Sweezy. And I'm Nathaniel Westover. Let's get into it. This week we are talking about the NHL. Warning to any and all Ottawa Senators fans. You may want to cover your ears. Or just move to Toronto. It's it's going a bit better over there. That makes sense to me. Go Maple Leaves. Combine your powers, you might be able to make it to the second round of the playoffs. Anyways, we all know that every professional sports league has a notoriously bad owner. Mm -hmm. Owners whose poor decisions aren't restricted to just the field of play. The NFL has Dan Snyder of the Washington football team. What a guy. What a man. The NBA has James Dolan of the New York Knicks. (sighs) He's just a deep side. He's a deep side. (laughs) And the MLB has Peter Angelos of the Baltimore Orioles. The Mets owners were worse, but they sold it, like, last year. They did just sell it. The Wilpons just sold it. Yeah, Wilpons are who I would have targeted, but... But Steve Cohen... Well, Steve Cohen's having a hard time hiring GMs. Well... The first one got fired in a week, and the last one who replaced him about to get fired because he just had a DUI today. Well, you know, that seems... Like a good call, then. Let Seems him go. appropriate. But you got to give new owners some time. You yeah. Know? If they're walking they're, into a dumpster fire, they're still getting their sea legs. If their star players are giving the thumbs down to their fans, hey, booing them, those fans deserved it. <laughs> yeah, probably. But Ooh. you're a grown ass man. You're an athlete. <laughs> Just because yeah. you get booed, you're going to give them a thumbs down. And you couldn't yeah. have come up with something more creative. I mean, I'm sure they would have given them a different finger if they, were, <laughs> if they really wanted, they really wanted to be bold. <laughs> If he wanted to be bold, he would have given him a different <laughs> finger. He's just there so he doesn't get fined. But all that aside, these owners and their franchises are synonymous with underachievement and mismanagement. But none of them compare to the owner of the Ottawa Senators, Eugene Melnick. What a name. The first iteration of the Ottawa Senators was a founding member of the NHL even predating the original Six era. So we're going back to, like, 1917. Okay. Ooh! And transitions from the NHA to the NHL. Are you going to tell us about how they got their nickname? Because I've never understood. So, 
I actually looked up how the modern centers got their nickname, <laughs> and it's because they used to be this back in the day, but okay. I didn't look how they got it. Yeah, it just seems odd to me. Yeah, it does seem I mean, odd. I think it's they're, it's because they're the seat, the like government seat yeah. of the um, whatever. It's still a crappy name. They're the capital of Canada. But... Yeah, they're, it's something about that, being like, this, <laughs> like the provincial seat the of seat something. seat of government. Yeah. It's all nonsense. But no, then they Canada. also have, like, a Roman centurion on there, is, like, what their logo is. They're pretty far from Rome, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, okay, I guess Rome had senators, too, but then you put on a Roman, like, legionnaire. Yeah. It's all... They can trace their origins all the way back to ancient Rome. <laughs> it too, Brute. <laughs> it too, Ottawa. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, back then, before the original six, they were already a dominant force. They had won seven Stanley Cups and the NHA, and had become the NHL's first ever dynasty, with an additional four Stanley Cups throughout the 1920s. Despite their success, they were perpetually in financial trouble due to their small market. Uh, (laughs) Only 110,000 people lived in Ottawa at the time. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which made them the smallest market in the league, and only a fifth. Of the size of Toronto, yep. who was the second smallest market in the league. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, so they were tiny. After years of plummeting finances, Ottawa eventually collapsed like a dying star and became <laughs> the St. Louis Eagles. And it sucked everything oh, Amazing. <laughs> we're back to St. Louis. St. Louis. St. Louis is such a... It's such an enigma. Like, they why get is franchises. It? They lose franchises. They it's, get a replacement franchise. Yep. They get better elsewhere. It's an incubator, honestly, really? because they always fall back to St. Louis, but no franchise <laughs> ever stays there. How Nobody could you? Well, wants to be. It's in not St. Louis. good enough that a franchise will fold there. It's enough that it'll keep it just mm-hmm. on life support yeah. till they're ready to go somewhere else. That's fair. Gateway to the West. There we go. <laughs> Got to travel Truly. through that arch. Truly. <laughs> The Senators remained defunct until the 1990s, when the NHL announced its intentions to add three expansion teams to the league. This news led to a movement in Ottawa known as the, quote, Bring Back the Senators campaign. (laughs) Wow, real original, guys. Yeah, it's not great. The project was taken on by real estate developer Bruce Firestone. What a name. What a name. name. It's not real at all. (laughs) Firestone and other executives of Terrace Investments Ltd. Limited, mm-hmm. as you will, mm-hmm. conceived a plan to finance an NHL franchise by buying up 500 acres of farmland and building a tiny city. Well, West Terrace. Well, if Canada's got anything, it's farmland. Oh, it's a ton <laughs> of farmland, and so they're just going to buy it up and make a little city. Yeah. And it's already covered in ice, so they're in <laughs> hockey land. Just like all their games are outdoors. Yep, that'd be magical. That I would, would watch be. That. And practical but magical. West Terrace would hold a population of just under 10,000 and be home to the team's brand new arena, the Palladium, and their new hotel development. Wait, what? (laughs) They're going to make a whole... I guess you have to have a place for opposing teams to stay. Yeah, I mean, they're basically just building an (laughs) Olympic village to live in forever. That seems sustainable. (laughs) Yeah, right? In 1989, Firestone and his cohorts announced their bid to a, for a franchise and their intention to bring back the Senators' moniker. Their success was deemed unlikely by many, including <laughs> Ottawa's mayor, Jim yep. Durrell, yep. and the NHL Player Association head, Alan Eagleson. Durrell was quoted saying, quote, It's not that the area isn't big enough market to support a professional hockey team. 
it's just that we're not going to get it. Yep. Unquote. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's not simple. big enough, but it just won't We're Ottawa. It's, we're Ottawa. It's weird over here. Uh, in a slightly harsher tone, Eagleson was quoted saying, quote, Local fans are being led through the Petunia patch if Bruce Firestone thinks he can land an NHL expansion <laughs> franchise for Ottawa this century. Well into the next or ever. Oh. The Petunia Patch? Wow. Yeah, it's a. I think it's a colorful metaphor. <laughs> I like it. But I also like how he said he's not going to be have a team in Ottawa for the next 300 years. Yep. <laughs> he took a very strong stance on that. <laughs> and he was wrong yeah. in the next, like, three years. <laughs> uh, because despite the naysayers, the NHL was impressed with Ottawa's presentation. Um... <laughs> They, they really sold it. They sent like 500 people in a marching band down to Florida mm-hmm. to make their bid, and they were all like, please, desperately. They made like this whole campaign. They partnered with like some of the old original Senators players and management. <laughs> We've still got it. They made their team theme song, uh, Won't Back Down by Tom Petty. Uh, yeah. Not exactly uh, you know, <laughs> a rousing anthem. No. Kind of kind of a slow jam, but that's okay. It's slow like Ottawa. Mm-hmm. It's that <laughs> middle city slow. Yeah, it fits the pace of Ottawa life. But more than all of that, the NHL was impressed by their unquestioning willingness to pay the $50 million franchise fee. And so they awarded them a franchise to begin play in the 1992-1993 season. Well, money will solve... Basically, any problem you have. Yeah, all the other cities were like, 50 million? Can we limit that? And they're like, well, Ottawa's just going to throw it at us. (laughs) Ottawa's gotten it in cash somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, they did not. Oh, no. However, the team immediately faced issues. Their plan hinged upon the purchase and rezoning of farmland, which required approval by the Ontario government, which was currently led by the New Democratic Party, who was not thrilled by the prospect of rezoning agricultural land? What? Why? Yeah. Also, like, the mayor of Ottawa is, like, already against you. Oh, he ends up being a part owner. Heck yeah. <laughs> what a turnaround. He just didn't think it was going to happen, but once it did, he jumped all he, on board. Yeah, fully, fully in board. Uh, the hearings for rezoning dragged on for months, and Firestone had to fend off other cities trying to poach his franchise. Uh, <laughs> specifically, Anaheim offered him $20 million to bring the team over there to which he was like i paid all this money to bring a team to ottawa yeah i'm not going to go to anaheim just after a couple months of failure yeah which maybe he should have anaheim ended up getting a team like a year later um because they were like oh los angeles oh california almost like that's a better market almost uh eventually the rezoning was approved but there were some pretty limiting conditions the Palladium's capacity was reduced by 4,000. Wow. Originally, it was going to seat like 22,500, and they were like 18,500. <laughs> that seems a bit more reasonable, guys. Uh, the Senators were going to be responsible for financing a new highway interchange. Cool. <laughs> oh, that they just got to change the roads here. Yeah, they yeah. just got to build a whole highway. Yeah, I'm sure that won't take long or cost lots of money. We all know how quick construction is. Or also require government help. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> And the big one, only land south of 427 was allowed to be rezoned, suspending the plans for West Terrace and causing a loss of $80 million in investments. Good lord. So they're basically like, you can build an arena and like a hotel, but your little town is going to stay farmland. It's almost like you should get the zoning done first before you start, you know, construction and breaking ground. Firestone broke it down. He said his plan is... Buy the land, uh-huh. win the bid, 
build the arena. And so he just bought the land. Yeah. yeah. And, and so now he owns a bunch of farmland. <laughs> and he's trying to, like, land. sell it. And everyone's like, well, now we know we can't develop it. Mm-hmm. So we'll buy it, but not, not at all at what it's worth. We'll buy it at farmland costs. Yeah. Ugh. These changes hamstrung Firestone and the Senators and led to the former's resignation after several missed mortgage and development payments. Oh. Firestone's successor, successors struggled to find financial partners as the local government refused to work with them. <laughs> Uh, but they finally financed the project through millions of dollars in both private and public loans uh, in both Canada and the U.S. <laughs> they just went around just, borrowing money. You got some money I can borrow? Don't worry. It does not set them up for financial failure. No. Oh. We love debt. <laughs> 75 loans. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> uh, for the next decade, the senators were running downhill away from a landslide of growing debt. They continually made attempts to refinance and put off their payments, but eventually it caught up to them. In 2002, Ogden Entertainment, now now known as Cavanta Energy, well, was now known then yes, at the time, sure. uh, one of the team's leading backers, went bankrupt in the wake of the Enron scandal. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Enron's a part of it. So anytime Enron's in, you know management's like real great. You know they were doing good work out there. <laughs> As a result, the company made a call on their outstanding debts and forced the senators to declare bankruptcy in January of 2003. Hey, but that's not their fault. Mm, the people that them money went bankrupt. <laughs> well, they made the call. And kept, instead of paying it off, kept being like, can we refinance? Can we just pay you more interest? <laughs> right. If we just go in debt forever and never pay it back, it's fine. It's yeah. like we're not in debt at all. <laughs> Halfway through the Senators' best season in franchise history, this bankruptcy had to be declared. Uh, that season, they had a league-high 52 wins and ended up getting beat in the conference championship to the eventual champions, New Jersey Devils. Well, maybe if they had won at all, they could have saved their franchise. Well, they declared bankruptcy halfway through that nope. season. <laughs> but if they win the Stanley Cup, hey. it'll change... The hearts and minds of their creditors. It's amazing the players had any motivation to play. They're <laughs> yeah, like, are seriously. we getting paid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll get to that. Despite the team's success on the ice, they were financially unviable and headed for dissolution. No! Enter Eugene Melnick. <gasps> Our savior. Hello, Eugene. Supposedly. <laughs> Melnick was a Canadian businessman whose wealth was derived almost solely from his pharmaceutical company, BioVale. This meant Melnick had the money to save the senders, but he wasn't exactly diversified or necessarily liquid. Additionally, BioVale suffered from a myriad of issues, not the least of which were accusations of fraudulent accounting. Cool. Cook those books. Cook those books. Cook those books. To make matters even worse, Melnick had been a a permanent resident of Barbados, one of the greatest tax sanctuaries there is, Mm -hmm. since 1991. Cool. So he's... Full on just lives in a Barbados. Yeah. That is his permanent residency. Doesn't have to pay taxes. Uh, despite these red flags, <laughs> the senators didn't hesitate to accept Melnick's offer of salvation. Well, they were kind of dangling from a cliff. Sure. He was the only one reaching out a hand. They are going to lose their franchise in like less than a decade. Uh-huh. Um, Which would have just been embarrassing. Oh, so incredibly. You gotta save face. Ever since Melnick's ownership... Uh, wait, nope, I skipped that. Melnick oh. ended up buying the team... And the arena for a measly ninety-two million dollars. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure what they're worth now, but guaranteed it has it's to be more, more than, than that. that yeah. Sure. Uh, ever since Melnick's ownership of the franchise has been defined by erraticism, penny pinching, and fraudulence. Cool. All good things. All great things. 
Right out the gate, Melnick caused controversy when he attempted to ease his investors' concerns about financial losses by claiming these losses were a result of a fatal car crash in Illinois that had delayed shipments. All right. What? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good excuse right there. It was later ruled the claim was fraudulent. Sure. Yeah. That like <laughs> and his company was just failing. Yeah. It sounds like he just made it up on the spot. So he bought the team and was quickly losing money. Hooray! Uh, questions of Melnick's tedious financial status persisted through the years and reached new heights in 2007 when BioVale settled a class action for 138 million dollars. And again in 2008 when they settled with the SEC for $24.6 million. It's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. <laughs> By 2013, Melnick announced that the team had lost over $110 million since he had took over as owner. Which I don't know why that's something you'd announce. Yeah, or... <laughs> like, it's my 10-year uh, anniversary. I want you guys to know I've lost so much money in this. But we're all having a good time. But we're so, here. So. We are here. <laughs> It was soon realized Melnick neither didn't have the money or the ability to settle the senator's former debts and was only interested in using the team as leverage in his other fiscal pursuits. Cool. Such as attempting <laughs> to build casinos and other real estate developments. Uh -huh. I'll give you the senators if you give me your casino. <laughs> yeah, he basically was like, he tried to build a casino in 2013 and like used the team as like hostage and be like, hey, if you... If I don't get this casino, I won't make enough money and I'll have to move the senators. Ooh. And the local government's like, okay, okay. leave. We'd never wanted that here. <laughs> Did you see how hard we made this? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, we, you know, we're calling your bluff. We don't care. We're all Maple Leaf fans. <laughs> oh, go leaves. <laughs> Uh, eventually, he would begin to rely upon a long series of loans to finance the franchise. The most recent coming in the form of a, of a refinanced $135 million line of credit from a syndicate of financial institutions. More debt. More, more debt, debt. More debt. We love it here. Basically, Melnick's fiscal responsibility and acumen can be best exemplified by a 2019 lawsuit filed against him by the Mohican Casino. <laughs> The casino sued Melnick personally, not yes. like any of his corporations, <laughs> yep. just him, for nearly $1 million for five different checks that bounced during his St. Patrick's Day gambling spree in 2017. Cool. <laughs> Amazing. Also, who's out here writing checks? He's out here writing <laughs> checks. I mean, it sounds like a great St. Patty's Day, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds awesome. But get this. In defense of himself, Melnick claimed that he had wanted to cash out his chips while he was ahead, but that the casino had, quote, induced him to keep gambling. That's how they get you. <laughs> You're like, oh man, I should really cash out. And they're like, what if you did it? What if you <laughs> was like, well, all right. Well, that's all play more games. That's the casino's fault. Yep. That was one of his two main defenses. The other one was he claimed three of the five checks he didn't sign and they were <laughs> fake. But yeah, truly a beacon of fiscal and personal responsibility, this guy. Uh, beyond his fiscal mishaps, Melnick has run the senators like a madman. The first few seasons of his ownership, things were fairly calm. The Senators were a decent team and Melnick didn't meddle too much. But then in the 2010s, Melnick began to make some choices. In 2012, Melnick boldly predicted that his young star, Eric Carlson, would go down as one of the greatest defensemen of all time. Nice. Just not for his team. Two months later, though, he publicly cautioned Carlson to be, quote, reasonable about his contract oh, demands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't ask for too much money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hype him up, but we're not a don't pay, pay him. that. No. God. <laughs> Uh, he would then swing back to Carlson's side in 2013 when he would lose the superstar for the season to a skate cut of the Achilles by Matt Cook. 
Dang. Yeah, no, that's, that's a brutal brutal. injury. Yep. Uh, Melnick claimed Cook intentionally injured Carlson and should be thrown out of the league, claiming that his sole purpose in life uh-huh. was to hurt people. Cool. Melnick was so worked up over it, he hired what he referred to as, quote, forensic doctors, unquote, to prove the intentionality of Cook. What? The results were inconclusive. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, months afterwards, he was asked about it. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm so obsessed over this. And the <laughs> thing are... is, they were still in a good playoff run that year. Yeah, but that's what keeps him up at night. He just thinks about it's that haunted. Achilles injury. About this guy he loves so much, he'll never pay him. Yep. Because then in 2018, Melnick was so upset that the 27-year-old captain wouldn't take a hometown discount that he traded him to the San Jose Sharks. Yep. Cool. Yep. The man is a pendulum of emotion. Mm-hmm. In 2013, Melnick decided to let 18-year veteran, franchise points leader, and fan favorite Daniel Alfredson go to Detroit in free agency because he didn't want to pay him. Money is tight right now. I mean, it's always tight for Ottawa, I guess. He probably just asked, hey, do you take your check, right? (laughs) (laughs) Will you take this check I didn't sign? (laughs) Detroit only had to give him a one-year, $5.5 million contract. That's how easy it would have been to sign this guy that's been with your team forever, his whole career, and Mm -hmm. wants to stay there. The beloved Alfredson would later return to Ottawa as a part of the front office, but would eventually be alienated and edged out by Melnick because of petty disputes. After Alfredson's departure, Melnick compared him to an underperforming racehorse. Cool. Oh, cool to compare yeah. human beings to animals. We love that. Yeah, the quote was something around like, it's the same with horses, you know? You have your superstars, and then you have the other 80%. And then when they retire, you send them out to stud. Yeah, and the thing is he said that after he got him out of the front office, not after he sent him to free agency. <laughs> all right, all right. And so a weird time to he make, like... afraid for his job. Yeah, I guess. Although Alfredson afterwards was, like, actively calling for Melnick to get removed. Nobody likes this guy. Yeah. Yeah. On top of his questionable personnel decisions, Melnick has a way of riling up the fans and media unnecessarily. Throughout his entire ownership of the team, Melnick has dangled relocation like a yo-yo. One minute he's wholly devoted to Ottawa, the next he's using relocation as a bargaining chip to increase fan attendance and secure development investments. It doesn't work. In 2017, he reduced the seating capacity of the arena and then announced that he would be forced to relocate the team if attendance numbers didn't pick up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not only does he stir the relocation pot like every year, but he becomes quite offended and aggressive when the media asks him about it. Like, he gets, he gaslights Oh, them. I have plans, but I won't tell you about them. Yeah, he's like, relocation, relocation, how dare you bring that up? Do you even support this team? Do you, you don't love me? Ottawa. <laughs> you don't love Ottawa like I love Ottawa. <sighs> Melnick. This brings us to his relationship with the media specifically. Mm-hmm. Get ready, because this is a doozy. Yep. In 2013, a hockey blogger began an investigation into how Melnick was financing the Senators, Mm -hmm. and he was posting his findings online. Uh, Just a normal blogger, not a big deal, unless you're Melnick. Yep. In that case, you hire dark web hackers from Ukraine to hack the (laughs) blogger and sabotage him. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Sounds effective. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's wacky. And, like, they get, like, the things they set up, they set up, like, multiple hacks to, like... I don't know how it all goes down. I'm not a computer, computer guy. Stuff. Yeah. But they set up, like, a fake charity to, like... Oh, right. What? As a Trojan horse. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is so messed up. Just because this guy was, like, 
talking shit. Yep. About, like, their money. Yep. Although, I have seen a lot of rumors and stuff. I couldn't find anything concrete, so it's not, like, in there. But I saw a constantly, like, suggested, like, Eugene Melnick and the Yakuza? Ah. I tried... I was gonna say my Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, I tried <laughs> desperately to find any sort of news report. Yep. Couldn't even find, like, a Reddit post nope. about it. I'm like, why is this a suggestion? <laughs> so... Just the idea. Let that idea sink in, because it's more of a vibe. Yes. Less than a fact. Yes. So, but... Ties to some sort of shady criminal organization. No, no, no. The Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> why would they... You know... Why are they in Ottawa? Uh, yeah. They have a huge presence in Barbados. Oh, perfect. Ah. <laughs> um... Should move the yeah. to Barbados. So he took time and effort to sabotage a blogger just because of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then in 2017, he banned a reporter from the team plane who reported on a video of players badmouthing the coaching staff. Ah. Uh, he then told another reporter, quote, I'll bury you, when they asked him about rumors that he oh. hadn't paid any bonuses to his employees. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, oh I no! Means that one. <laughs> I'll bury you. I'll like I bury said, you. There's a lot of farmland in Ottawa. <laughs> oh no! I always need fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, um, boss, I never got that uh, Christmas bonus. <laughs> I'll bury you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you have a good one. All in all, Melnick is such a Scrooge McDuck of a man that he has squandered the potential of at. You know, at times of a promising franchise, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say Ottawa's always been able to contend, but <laughs> there have been there have been distinct times where they've like done a good bit of work without having paid for anyone. Yep, like they just are s- super tight fisted. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. Like, almost... Which you can't be and win in sports. Like, they're so tight-fisted, it oh. almost actually violates NHL rules. <laughs> oh, cool. They're yeah. the other end of the spectrum. Tampa Bay won with, uh-huh. like, 21 million over the cap. Ottawa's gonna win, like, 21 under the cap, some, like, Somehow. under the ba- bare minimum. Yeah, I mean, the vast majority of his tenure as the owner, the Senators have barely made it over the salary floor requ- <laughs> requirements of the league. And mostly, that's just by finessing contracts. Cool. So whereas in the NFL, you see people finessing contracts to, like, stay under. Over, yeah. st- like, and, like, be over without being over. Yeah. He's doing it to be under the floor... But not like be under, you know. Yeah, it's not like the books say they're right at the floor level. <laughs> Every opportunity for the team to overperform is allowed to pass by the wayside in favor of pinching a few pennies into the pockets of a greedy and irresponsible owner. He really just uses the centers as like a piggy bank, yep. which is why he finances them with just loans. Cool. Which Smart. the team is on the hook for, uh-huh. not necessarily not him. Any yeah. Personal. yeah. Ottawa hates and distrusts Melnick so much that they demanded an investigation into his 2015 liver transplant. <laughs> questioned oh. why... Well, there, there's some points to this. They questioned why a permanent resident of Barbados was allowed to access Canadian healthcare and donor lists. Yep. That's fair. Because in 2015, he needed it. He made this public cry to the... Like... Heavens. To the public. To the public. <laughs> he was just like, I need a liver. Help me, everyone. Uh-huh. We love the senators, don't we? Yep. And everyone's like, screw you, man. And then he got one. And everyone's like, how is he able to? Yeah. Like, he doesn't even like put himself as He doesn't as, even like, go here. <laughs> he doesn't even go here. Even Canadian politicians have called him, and I'm quoting directly here, a fucking loser. Yep. <laughs> Unquote. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, my God. It's this... such a middle school burn, and it's still so sad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the fact that it was a provincial guy, like, government a politician. Official, it was, like, a provincial government official at a um, music festival just bumped into yeah. him. It's like, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> and, I, and you could say so much worse, but the fact that it's just loser is, like, somehow more hurtful. It hurts more. <laughs> and allegedly, um, Melnick has, like, a bunch of... Like Twitter trolls, sure. like bots yeah. that tweet out his support. Uh-huh. It's like KD, if KD had the finances <laughs> yeah, right. to have Twitter bots instead just, of just doing his burners, <laughs> having 12 burners. <laughs> I think he gets the enjoyment of having multiple burners. Oh, yeah. Sure. Where Melnick's just like, I do this for me. Make me look yeah. good. Melnick wants the results. D, um, uh, KD wants, I call him DK almost. <laughs> KD. Wants uh, the drama. Yeah. He wants to feel alive. Yeah. I mean, he's probably still got those Ukrainian hackers just on payroll. Oh, I just know. Just tweeting for him. That's Any moment. so bizarre. <laughs> but this is Eugene Melnick. And this is the face of mismanagement. He nice. should be our new logo. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not a great looking yeah, guy. That's fine. Maybe Perfect. a sil- nondescript silhouette of an old man. <laughs> that way he can't sue us. <laughs> oh, but he'll come after us with the Ukrainian oh, no. dark web. <laughs> bury me somewhere nice. <laughs> I'll bury you. <laughs> now that we presented one of the worst moves in NHL history, we'll be presenting our own proposals for those GMs we believe need a little amateur help to make their professional decisions. Josh. Please, please kick us off. Happily. My dear GM this week goes out to New York Rangers manager Chris Drury. Woo! Chris, you got a cool name. It's fun to say. Your Rangers missed <laughs> out on the playoffs. No, Drury Westover. I, I knew a Chris Drury. Is it, I think it's spelled guy? different. Nah. He was younger than me. <laughs> so, probably not this guy. Definitely not. Unless well, we maybe. we wasted our lives. You know, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> your sister graduated my class. We never really talked. You own the Rangers? Yeah, you GM the Rangers? I talk about sports sometimes. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> on my podcast? Uh, anyway, your Rangers missed out on the playoffs in 2021, but you weren't that far from the final spot. I think if you made a few moves this offseason, you might be able to make a playoff run. Rumor has it that the St. Louis Blues are looking for a trade partner for winger Vladimir Tarasenko. Ah, I talked about Tarasenko. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think Tarasenko would be a great addition to your squad and would be enough to get you into the playoffs next year. Granted, I don't really know how much cap space you have since the Rangers haven't released any signings, but I'm sure you can figure it out. Seems sketch. Seems like some Yakuza stuff. Yakuza. The Yakuza. Oh, no. Alright, this week I'm addressing the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, Don Waddle. Waddle? Don, we've been here before. I think Josh has mentioned him once. I know I've mentioned him once. I've definitely mentioned him once. Go Canes! Are we sold on the name Hurricanes? Mm, Seems insensitive. Yeah, right? It seems like... No. It's an interesting choice. Terrifying for, forces of nature. That, you know, which, like, I get people. why you want to, like, associate with that, but then at the same time, it's like, it's a little closer to home. So it's like one thing. Yeah, like... like the, you want to have the Oklahoma tornadoes. Yeah. So why not the Oklahoma hurricanes and, like, there we know, go. like, the avalanche put them in <laughs> in Carolina. There you go. Take the avalanche out. Carolina, give them the hurricanes. Give them the hurricanes. That way you're never the feeling Colorado. Jilted. So they'd be the Colorado Canes? It's okay gross. The right. Carolina droughts. The Colorado hurries. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but 
Nevertheless, I'm here to congratulate you and your extreme pettiness. Hey, hey. I love it. So they offered a one-year, $6.1 million contract to the Canadians' restricted free agent, Jesperi Kotkenemi. Sure. This he guy, so. he was a third third overall pick a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But he hasn't been like... He's only scored like five goals in the last season. Hasn't but he hasn't reached his potential. His potential. Yep. Yeah, in the good old hockey terms. Sure. So he's not worth $6.1 million right now? He's not worth it. <laughs> but... For, for the Canadians to keep him, they now have to offer yeah. him that. Mm-hmm. By and then that, that's where they that becomes the, the floor yep. of any future contracts. Mm-hmm. Which, the Canadians don't have that much money. If they what? were to do it, it would put them $8 million over the cap. Hooray! This is more of a callback and a kind of a... I don't know. It's a, it's a fuck you to the Canadians because two years ago, uh-huh. they forced the Hurricanes to spend a stupid amount of money to re- retain their star, Sebastian Ajo, by offering him a five-year, uh, $5.87 million contract with so many bonuses and stuff and incentives laid in- into it that the first year was going to be $21 million just with Whoa. signing bonus. It was like an $11 million signing bonus, a whole bunch of stuff. Dang. And they were like... Yeah, pay your guy. And they're like, <laughs> okay. Their billionaire owner said, yeah, sure. And now we love uh, that. Aho is outplaying his contract. Nice. Leaving the Canes with enough cap space to sign better players. Hooray! Like Jess Berry. And they even put, as a signing bonus in this contract, a $20 signing bonus in reference to Aho's number. Uh-huh. They, the... Uh, Waddle directly quoted the Canadians GM uh-huh. from two years ago when they first offered it. It was like a quote of just like, he wants to come to Carolina. He sees the core we've built here, and he wants to be part of that. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period, which is word for word what they said what about they Sebastian Ajo. Oh my god, We love that. I love it. Oh, that's great. That's great television. This week, I'm addressing GM of the Arizona Coyotes, Bill Armstrong. That's what coyotes sound like. Did you just meow? <laughs> Get out. Bill, you came close to securing the last playoff spot in the Western Division. Which honestly doesn't sound like a lot, no. but it's more impressive than making the playoffs in the North. Because that's, that's just a easy. cakewalk. You've got a decent base to build off of, but you do need some housekeeping to keep your foundation firm. I advise you to re-sign veteran defenseman Jason Demers. It's not a sexy move, but Demers <laughs> offers you veteran depth at a position that's a bit shallow for you at the moment. It's an easy call. Just don't miss it. Hey, nice. I like we love it. our veterans. Hey, they're not all blockbusters and superstars. Yeah. You, know? you need your old man strength and talent on the team. As uh, yes. In the words of Will Ferrell and the other guys referencing his wife, Eva Mendez. Mm-hmm. They're not all first-round draft picks. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the pod. If you enjoyed this or any of our other episodes, please remember to give us a like or a follow. Maybe even leave a review. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you may listen to your podcasts. In the words of Terry Crisp, quote, The only difference between this and Custer's last stand was that Custer didn't have to watch tape the next day. Kind of misquoted that but hey it's close. close the intentions there that's okay oh okay i was really hanging on your hay is yeah. it okay
Do you no. want me to go again? I mean, you probably should. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You okay. did say quote to start the quote, Okay, right? fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to think if you actually said quote of your... I'm, like, I always say quote. I thought so. Well, here's the thing. is Westover hand wrote the quote. And it looks terrible. And it's I'm really trying, hard to read. trying to read it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's try this again. We'll, we'll all say it together. We'll all okay. say it together. The, the only best way to spread Christmas <laughs> cheer. No! <laughs> all right. Quote... The only difference between this and Custer's last stand was that Custer didn't have tape to look at after. Nice. Unquote. Basically, I don't know oh. what that's in reference to. I they don't lost know. ten to nothing. Okay, was, that makes sense. But I mean, it was a bad game. Isn't it kind of like taboo to uh, invoke? Custer's last yeah. stand. Isn't he... Haven't we kind of decided a society that we don't really care that he got slaughtered? Yeah. yeah that's probably fair. Yeah. I don't yeah. really invoke seems like Custer. A, seems like a baseball thing to yeah, say. It Westover, would be. Pick a better quote next Yeah, time. Westover. It's fine. It was a great quote. It just feels weird for a hockey guy to say it. It does, it does feel it weird for like a hockey guy. It feels like an old white man baseball <laughs> quote. I mean, his name is what? Terry Crisp? That sounds like an old white man's name. It also old sounds, white man's baseball It also name. sounds like a shitty salad. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe an apple. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and remember, this was Mismanaged. Goodbye.